feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. And Rita Cosby, everybody, I hope you had a terrific weekend. Well, boy, Eric Adams cleared the way for 800,000 non-citizens to vote in local elections. And I agree with a group of Republicans that have now filed suit against this, saying it is illegal, that it's immoral, and that it is not in line with the state constitution, which basically says that every citizen should be the ones to vote. What is your reaction? Am I overboard? Or do you think that individuals should be allowed to vote if they are non-citizens. I don't think so. I think it is an unfair privilege. I consider it, you know, a bonus. I consider it well over a bonus. I consider it unethical. I think being a citizen of the United States should be the primary criteria to be able to vote in elections. And now, based on the New York City Council and the clearing of the way from de Blasio and now Mayor Eric Adams saying that they have no problem with it. Are you kidding me? No problem with now 800,000 non-citizens to vote in New York elections. It's happened in a couple other locations, much smaller locations, but now it would make New York City the biggest city by far in the country, you know, by a couple hundred percent, to ever try this. And to me, this, I think, is not appropriate. I think you, at minimum, should be a legal citizen. You know, it also opens the door to so many of these issues that we've talked about of late, about voting rights. This basically says... That if you have lived in one of the five boroughs for just 30 days, you could be able to cast a ballot in municipal contests. That, to me, is outrageous. And that opens the door for basically, I think, in many ways, Democrats, because if you believe that the people that are getting the voting privilege feel thankful to Democrats for passing it, basically saying that Democrats are always going to win in the mayoral elections. They're always going to win in some of the local elections in New York City. It also opens the door to foreign interference because somebody could vote in a foreign election and could vote in a New York City election. This, to me, is a sign of what's to come, I think, across the country. And that's why I think it's important that people step up and say, this is not appropriate. And in just about 10, 15 minutes or so, we are going to have New York Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis She is among the group of New York Republicans that has filed suit to block this new law that will soon allow about 800,000 non-citizens to vote in local elections. Take a listen to former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo talking about it because everyone is buzzing about this. And reminder, too, if you're not an American citizen, it almost always means you're a citizen of some other country to think that we would allow uh, foreigners to vote in American elections oh, without them having U.S. citizenship is, is, is really quite something. 
Yeah, and you were worried about, like, Russian interference in the election or you were worried about the Ukraines or Chinese or anything. Now you are giving a green light to somebody who is a citizen of another country who just happens to be in New York. Can you imagine? Hi, everybody from China. Come on over and stay for just 30 days. And on the 31st day, you can vote. That doesn't open it to fraud or what? I am being extremely sarcastic because this, to me, I think is a disaster, and I think it opens the door to so much illegal voting. And I think you should work to be a citizen when you become a citizen. Then you are allowed to vote. Then you've been screened. Then you know what it means to be an American citizen. Then you've pledged your allegiance to America. You're not jimmying the system. You're not doing some backdoor deal because, boy, does this open it up to that. Well, here is New York City Mayor Eric Adams being asked about it this weekend on CNN. Doesn't the bill just make a mockery of the idea of American citizenship, though? I mean, this is just for local elections. But does that mean, like, next uh, New York City is going to want non-citizens to vote in federal elections? I mean, and what do you say to all the people who went through the process, the difficult process of becoming an American citizen, studying for the test, swearing an oath of allegiance to the United States of America, who, who now see this legislation just saying, well, anyone who's here, you can go ahead and vote. Uh, well, I, I, tell to, I say to them, keep doing it. Uh, you know, membership has its privileges. Uh, being a member of what we call the United States of America is a great privilege. And I, I would tell them, keep doing it, be encouraged. Uh, This is a great opportunity to be a member of this great country. Uh, Don't let anything daunt you or take you away from that mission. Uh, This legislation is not going to do that. Keep becoming a citizen of this country. The New York Post and the New York Daily News are reporting that you've appointed your brother, a fellow retired police officer. And that was basically his interview over the weekend where they were talking about a variety of topics there, as you heard on CNN. But It does take away from being a citizen, from the hard work of being a citizen to work to get that privilege. If you're just going to say, hey, don't worry about it. As long as you've been here 30 days, you can do it. That, to me, is outrageous. And we are devaluing citizenship. We are devaluing elections. And I think it opens the door to major graft. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Yadonis Rodriguez, former councilman, uh, now part of Eric Adams' team. He's one of the sponsors of this bill. And this is his message to Trump supporters. This is not about Latino. This is not about Asian. This is about hundreds and thousands of Irish that they came here undocumented. They come with working permits, they get the working permits later on. So I'm appealing to my colleagues to see outside the box. We had the opportunity to follow Tacoma Park. They've been doing since the 1990s. Speaking to the former chairman of the DNC, Tom Perez, he has said, in my town, we did it in the 90s. He been working per- perfectly. We can do in the city of New York. City of New York can be a role model going to Texas and let those Trump supporters know we are not following you, but we follow New York City. We are going to be a strengthening the vote. That's right, because Trump would never allow non-citizens to vote. And that's exactly why we're scared, because he's like hoping to send a message that this becomes basically across the country. Can you imagine opening up to non-citizens? We are talking about millions upon millions, close to a million in New York City alone. 
And this is his message to other people. This is Yadonis Rodriguez, again, one of the sponsors of the bill. There's so many people in Texas and other places that they want to push our society back. Boy, do they want to devalue and open it up to graft. That's what I think. By the way, here is the state constitution. I want to read it to you guys. Article 2, Section 1, it grants the right to vote in all elections to every citizen 18 years of age or older. Again, that's the New York State Constitution. It says to all elections to every citizen. It doesn't say to someone who's just been living in the state for 30 days. And also the state conservative party putting out a statement tonight saying there's nothing funny whatsoever about this. It's radicalism knows no bounds. That's what they say about the New York City Council. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to Alfred in Yonkers. Go ahead, Alfred. Hi, Rita. I just want to say this is the, the largest act of treason that is being committed on, on American soil. And it, it's just outra- it's outrageous. I, I can't believe these politicians like are, are selling us out like this. Yeah, it's amazing because think about how you can jimmy the vote. You think about 800,000 votes now suddenly in your favor. And, and to say, oh, you only have to live here for 30 days? Are you kidding me? Think about how many people come to New York and stay for well over 30 days and are far from a citizen. You know, I, I mean, this is this to me just opens the door to graft and election fraud and meanwhile, you know, it's the Democrats who, oh, we're voting, we're pushing for voting rights. This is pushing for voting graft, I think, Alfred. Your thoughts? Uh, absolutely. It's just, it's just like, like it's, it's something that's just appalling. And, and it's, it's almost surreal. I have to pinch myself when, when I think about it. Me too. It's, it's shameful. <laughs> Alfred, thank you very much for the call. We appreciate it. Let's go to David in Los Angeles. David, you're listening on WABCradio.com. Go ahead, David. What a disaster. And here's what the left-wing liberals like Eric Adams keep doing. They use transformational vocabulary to push the lines. And what I mean is Eric Adams said New Yorkers should have a say in their government. Not non-citizens, but he he says New Yorkers. So what defines a New Yorker? George Soros could uh, send caravans from Guatemala right through the open border to New York City. And there's nothing to stop that. And when you say 30 days you have to be here, I don't think you have any documentation to prove it. It's based on your word, just like you don't have to show ID. So this is bad news, and it's time to pack up and get out of New York. Yeah, you know, it's scary. I'm telling you, when you hear this, and we're going to talk about, by the way, David, in the next hour, too, about Alvin Bragg. It's like, I know, I know. It's just, it is stunning. And then they want us to federalize their voting rights process. So what, this is going to become a model for America, like graft and people. And just like you said, even if they don't check the numbers, David, I don't even like it. Even if you take it on its face of 30 days, 30 days is nothing that you what, what happened to the privilege of working hard. And, I, and David, I speak as I'm a first generation American. Both of my parents, you know, my mother's Danish. My father's Polish. They came to America. It took them a couple of years to become a citizen. They said it was their proudest day to become an American citizen, but they worked hard to get it. And to me, it's a slap in the face to everybody who has worked so hard to become citizens. 
and then to suddenly give it away to somebody who just happens to be visiting for 30 days and could be in a foreign country, to me, it is a slap in the face. What do you think, David? And I just think it opens the door to so much illegal balloting and so many uh, and having foreign countries have an influence if they want to have. If you're worried about China playing a role or Russia or somewhere playing a role, guess what? It's like 20 fold after this. And it's always getting just one foot in the door. Okay, it's just going to be for the local only, but then it's going to be the state and national, and, of course, all the fraud. And you mentioned Alvin Brig, uh, Bragg. Let me just say, here's the transformational vocabulary. He said he's surprised that there's pushback for his reducing policies to legalize crime. He said nobody signed up at the police academy to arrest somebody for stealing bananas. Okay, so tries to minimize it. It's transformational vocabulary. Then the non-critical thinking liberals say, oh, yeah, it's it's not a big deal. He's just not going to go after the banana stealers, not mentioning the, uh, the, the, the armed robbery and the resisting arrest and the drug dealing that is now just like jaywalking. Yeah, it's it is very deeply, deeply concerning. And when you see this combination of things, um, David, thank you for the call very much. Uh, and again, the Conservative Party of New York saying it's radicalism referring to the city council knows no bounds. And I think that encapsulates a lot of what David was just talking about. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Eric Adams, the new mayor of New York City, paving the way for 800,000 non-U.S. citizens to vote in future New York City municipal elections, which would come into play in 2023. And those are for folks who've stayed here for 30 days. Doesn't matter if you're a citizen. Come on out to the ballot box, everybody. Boy, is this open to graft. And also, after the break, we're going to talk to New York Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. She is one of a handful of folks on the GOP side that have joined together to file suit to try to block this law so it does not actually go into place. She is trying to reverse it right now. Uh, They filed in Staten Island Supreme Court asking a judge to issue an emergency injunction. And we're going to talk to Congresswoman Maliotakis about that after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. City Mayor Eric Adams trying to defend why he now supports a voting bill for non-citizens. And we're talking about 800,000 non-citizens to vote in local elections in New York. This is outrageous. Take a listen. No, I did not change my mind. I supported the concept of the bill. The one aspect of that I had a problem with and I thought was problematic was the 30-day part of being in the country for 30 days was the place that I had questions. And I sat down with my colleagues. I'm a big believer in uh, conversation. We have to start talking to each other and not at each other. And after hearing their rationale and their theories behind it, uh, I thought it was more important to not veto the bill or get in the way at all and allow the bill to move forward. In New York City, just Brooklyn, for example, 47% of Brooklyn I speak a language other than English at home when I was the bar president. And so I think it's imperative that people who are in a local municipality have the right to 
decide who's going to govern them. And I support the overall concept of that bill. And joining us now to talk about all of this is New York Republican Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Great to have you here on the show, Congresswoman. It's great to be with you, Rita. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. Um, You know, I know that you're part of a group of New York Republicans that have filed a suit to block this new law um, about allowing 800,000 non-citizens to vote in local elections. Um, Why did you decide to join the fight? Well, Rita, um, you know, this this bill is uh, just one of many that we're seeing at the city and the state and the federal election in which people are trying to just change the rules of how our elections are conducted. And as you know, people are concerned about preserving election integrity. And when you introduce a new measure like this, as the city council has done, um, it, it is very concerning that, you know, people people who are citizens of other countries will be able to vote in New York City elections if they reside in New York City for just 30 days. Now, I'm the daughter of immigrants, and obviously um, my office has been so instrumental in helping so many people being caught in red tape and bureaucracy become United States citizens. And they know that it is such a a privilege, such such a right, such a sacred thing to be able to vote in our democracy. And so um, I believe strongly that, you know, this new law, which it has, it just did become law because Mayor de Blasio and Mayor Adams both let it expire, neither vetoed or signed it into law. Uh, they allowed that time period to expire, so it automatically became law. Um, I believe that this new law is a direct violation of the state constitution, Article 2 of the New York State Constitution, because it clearly says that voting is a, a, a right of citizens uh, and also a violation of New York state election law. Well, and here it is, just as you're saying, it is very clear that it's a right of citizens. This is, of course, not for citizens. How does that, how do they think that this can continue? And do you think that your fight will be effective to block it? Because I agree with you. I think there's something, I think it opens a very dangerous door. And I also think about people from foreign countries, as you talk about, they come in for 30 days and then somehow can influence New York City elections. That's stunning. Yeah, I mean, basically, that's exactly what this would do. And it dilutes the vote of the American citizen. And so um, that is why we are challenging it in court. I'm very proud to join Congressman Vito Fasella, I mean, con- former Congressman Vito Fasella, who is now the borough president on Staten Island, as well as city council minority leader and all the Republican elected officials in New York City to push back against this. We do believe that we, we have a very strong case. Uh, and we believe that this is a, 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 an issue where the city council has become just more progressive. They feel that they can get away with these types of activities because no one is providing checks and balances and they're wrong. We are here and we are the opposition party. We are pushing back. We are holding them accountable. And this is not the only bill that we're seeing. Uh, We've also seen on the federal level, a proposal to ban states from having voter ID laws, something that 80% of Americans say that they want including minorities. And minorities actually lead the way in terms of the, the, the largest group that want to see voter ID. So, so their argument that it is, you know, they have to get rid of it because it infringes somehow on, on minorities is absolutely just wrong. Um, and it's just playing politics as usual. 
but you're also seeing them push a, an agenda that would allow for taxpayer money to be used in, in federal campaigns, which is inappropriate, um, and also to allow for universal absentee ballots, ballot harvesting, same-day voter registration, which would allow for somebody to walk into a polling place on, place on the day of the election and to sign up to register to vote and vote without the Board of Elections allowing this to properly vet to make sure that the person is a citizen, is actually 18, and lives within that district. Um, so these are proposals that all make uh, Americans very weary about where we're headed when it comes to election integrity. Uh, and I will say that those latter two proposals that I just mentioned, um, they were rejected overwhelmingly by New Yorkers just in this November's election. They were ballot referendums that the state legislature put forward, and they were rejected. And yet we still see our U.S. Senator Schumer pushing, pushing, pushing to try to get this stuff passed on the federal level. How big of a concern is it? Because now we're, of course, heading into a huge election year, too, as you know, Congresswoman Maliotakis. I mean, it's even more dangerous that all these things are being put right before critical, critical midterms. Yeah, look, I I think in general, um, people are concerned. They want to make sure that uh, you know, every every United States citizen who's eligible to vote, meaning that they're 18 years old and reside in the district in which they're voting, can cast their vote. Um, but they want to make sure that there are safeguards in place. I think it's a very logical thing that we're, we're asking. Um, you know, and I think that this is just a slippery slope. If you see non-citizens voting in municipal elections uh, beginning in 2023, uh, what's next? Will they want illegal immigrants to then vote? Or could this non-citizen voting become a national policy uh, in which we see, um, you know, this happening across the country. So I think I think it just, you know, we just want to make sure that there are safeguards put in place to make sure that only eligible citizens vote. They vote one time, uh, that they are citizens, that they live within those districts. Uh, and we that's why, you know, voter ID makes a lot of sense. You know, right now in New York City, you have to show an ID to go into a, a, a restaurant to eat a hamburger. But when it comes to voting, you don't have to show any identification to show that you're truly who you are, you, that you say you are. So I think that's that's the type of confusion uh, that the Democrats have caused here, uh, the type of hypocrisy that we're seeing from the Democrats that have made people feel very uneasy. What kind of an impact could this have on future elections if this does go forward? Because they're saying it could go into place in 2023 if it's not blocked. Well, they're saying that uh, non-citizens could account for 15 percent of the vote uh, if if uh, if they were allowed to participate. And again, I think that, you know, wanting to be a citizen to to fully experience the whole thing about being a citizen, like my parents did, you know, they waited until they became United States citizens to fully participate, meaning to vote, uh, to pay taxes and et cetera. You know, but the thing is, is that um, for some reason they want to just devalue what it means to be a citizen. And so I think that that is really what this debate and discussion is about. Um, My office, as I've said, has been very proud within just my first year in office to help 37 people become United States citizens, to take that oath of office, uh, to pledge allegiance to the United States of America. And now they have their voting rights and they've worked so hard to get there. Uh, That's what we should be doing, encouraging people to complete their process, uh, help them if they're stuck in bureaucratic red tape, Uh, They've been here with a green card for many years and are just in the process. That's what my office does, and that's what I think every member of Congress should be doing. Uh, We certainly shouldn't be looking to change the rules 
um, and, and take away the goalposts. What's your message to the Democrats who are pushing this? Look, I think at the end of the day, I think people see this as, you know, the Democrats can't win on merit. They can't win on playing by the rules. They just choose to change the rules. We've kind of seen that play out in Washington this year, uh, and that's very unfortunate. I think that, um, you know, we have a set of laws in this country uh, we have to, that have to be followed. They have shown to be the party of lawlessness, whether it's, you know, the streets of New York City or the streets across uh, in Democrat-run cities across the country, uh, whether it's the southern border, disrespecting our border um, and, and allowing for that lawlessness and that the drug cartels and the human trafficking, the fentanyl that's flowing over, they're allowing for all of this. Uh, and so this is no different. This is sort of uh, the same thing in a, in a, in a different area. Um, they, they do not seem to respect the laws of this country, and that is what this uh, law that come out of this, came out of the city council that violates the state constitution, that violates New York state election law, it, it, it just is another example of how uh, they want to play by a different set of rules. Well, you keep fighting the good fight. you got to come back on and keep us updated. New York Congresswoman Republican Nicole Maliotakis, so great to have you here. Great to be with you. Thank you, Rita. And when we come back, I want to take your calls. Do you feel as disconcerted and as outraged as I do over this. And you just heard from Congresswoman Maliotakis, who says, listen, it devalues citizenship. I 100% agree. And I also think it opens the door to graft, you know, graft theft, um, just illegal voting, having foreign interference in our election process, which has been a big issue on both sides. You know, they've been talking about it. And then you open the door and say, okay, well, we're just going to have close to a million people who are non-citizens vote in New York. This is outrageous. By the way, I'm also reading your tweets, too. Uh, Sal, for example, sent in and basically said that the state constitution is written in pencil and this non-citizen voting rights situation will get Democrats more votes out of gratitude. And I agree with Sal. I thought the Constitution is the Constitution and the law. So much for it by the Democrats. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a man has been saved from near death by police officers in Los Angeles after he crash landed his Cessna plane onto railway tracks seconds before it was hit by a fast moving train. Now, the pilot was saved from the plane by quick thinking officers who pulled him out just before the high speed train crashed into the aircraft, sending debris flying everywhere. Now, dramatic video shows several officers freeing the man from the down plane, which had crashed shortly after takeoff, and the police officers and pilot are just a few feet away from the tracks when the passing train destroys the plane. And no doubt the pilot would have died or been very seriously injured, if not for the great men and women in blue. If you haven't seen this footage, it is unbelievable. Check it out because it is just amazing to see and just how courageous the men and women in blue are pulling him out and literally seconds to spare. Well, we are talking about now city council 
paving the way and now Eric Adams paving the way for close to 800,000 non-citizens to vote in local elections in New York. And many people around the country are deeply concerned about this, fearing that this could be a trend across the country. We know also this week that President Biden is going to talk about what he calls voting rights, as you just heard from Nicole Maliotakis. That includes voting without IDs. How is that voting rights? That sounds more like voting graft. And I believe that this opens the door to an extraordinary amount of graft, allowing people to basically be in New York for just about 30 days or so, and then you can vote. And I want to read again what the state constitution of New York says. This is Article 2, Section 1 of the state constitution. It grants the right to vote in all elections to, quote, every citizen 18 years of age or older. So how could this even happen? How could the city council even decide, Okay, we're going to do this and we're going to basically circumvent the state constitution? Well, there's a lot of people fighting back, including our last guest, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakos. Bravo to her. And also Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasella is also part of the lawsuit. Take a listen to what he said on Cats at Night earlier tonight here on 77 WABC. The New York City Council in December passed a law to allow non-citizens in New York the right to vote in municipal elections in New York City. Uh, and today, because of operation of law, became law yesterday in the city, we filed a lawsuit along with many other uh, elected officials and just citizens of New York State uh, seeking declaratory judgment to basically prevent the enactment of the law and essentially saying the New York State Constitution sets forth three criteria. You have to be 18 years of age, you have to live in the state or the locality for 30 or more days, and you need to be a citizen. Yeah, so to me, there shouldn't be any gray. It should be like, what the heck are you doing? This opens the door to so much fraud, and yet they are basically saying, oh, the Republicans are trying to jimmy the system. Give me a break. Well, here is former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo commenting about this, and needless to say, he thinks this is terrible. This is bad for New York City. It's bad for New York. It's bad for America. And not only do I think it's uh, inconsistent with our history and the law, I think that the clip that you showed had it exactly right. It denigrates those of us who are citizens, right? Each of us, uh, some of us were blessed to be born here, that privilege to have a blue passport, the blue American passport that I, mm. as Secretary of State, uh, helped deliver to people is a, is a big deal. Uh, we, ought not, uh, we ought not give folks who don't have that citizenship, who haven't earned it in the ways that the American people know they need to earn it. We we shouldn't let them participate in electing our leaders. That should be reserved for this incredible group of people who are so privileged to be here as citizens of the United States, people who all across the world want to come here. I agree. Being a citizen is a privilege. It's one of the greatest moments. I talk about how my parents, when they pulled into New York Harbor, they had tears in their eyes. And when they became American citizens, they said it was one of the greatest days in their lives. And now to just sort of discredit it and throw it away and just say, hey, even if you're staying here for 30 days, no problem. You can vote in our elections. This to me is an outrage. And this just opens the door for such enormous, enormous fraud. By the way, everybody, you can listen to the show if you download the 77 WABC app. You can get that at the App Store or Google Play Store. And that way you can listen to the show. So make sure that you download the 77 WABC app now. 
And also, that's another great way to listen to the Rita Cosby Show here on the Great 77 WABC. And let's go to Warren in West Hampstead, who is on the WABC app listening. Go ahead, Warren. Rita, a couple of things. Number one, is there going to be built in a verification of your residency of 30 days? Again, which puts us back into the question of who's going to check the ID? I mean, usually for your residency, you have to provide a, a library card, a utility bill, a bank statement as verification of who you are, how long you've been there of any sort. Are we going to have that? Is there going to be the same kind of slipshod checking of any verifications that is just going to open the door to absolute and utter fraud? I agree. By the way, Warren, I agree that I don't think there will be. And even if they are, it could be, by the way, even if it could be, it's like, you know, someone just comes here and say they were here 30 days and they sign up for cable or they sign up for a utility. You know, how how does that justify? You know, it's like outrageous. There'll be something, Rita, there'll be something called creative residency. Yes, yes. It'll be done from outside the country. Yes. And you'll pick up your ballot at the airport and you can vote right there. Because you can create. You, how are you going to prove your residence? I'm here near for thirty days. Why? Well, I, I, I've got. I've got some address. Yeah, you're just going to have no some address of somebody, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, Warren, you hit it on the head. Because first of all, even if they have been here for say thirty days, to me, I don't think that that suffices the privilege to be able to vote. In you know, when you're not a citizen, it's very clear what the state constitution says. It says you must be a citizen. Um, but to your point, even within that 30-day window is so open to graft. You know that there are people who are just going to fly in, vote in the elections, and then fly home. You know, it, it's, it is unbelievable. Warren, thank you very much. Let's go to Carlos in Yonkers. Carlos, go ahead. You're on the radio. Hello, Rita. I've called this show before. Um, I used to work when I started my career in government for Citizenship Immigration Services. So I got to meet thousands of people who became citizens. Some of them had terminal cancer, and the last wish before dying was to become a citizen so they could vote. Wow, how beautiful. Carlos, doing, by the way, how beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. I saw a lot of people crying. They, that was their dream, to become a citizen. I am Dominican-American, like Danis Rodriguez, and I have a lot of family in Inwood, Washington Heights, and the areas that he used to represent for the city council. None of them agree with this idea of giving the vote in municipal elections to green car holders, people with temporary visas or work authorization permits or DACA. Here's the thing. Politicians are like prostitutes. They don't do things for free. When Idanis was in the city council, he said he wanted 175000 dollars to support his family six years ago. The median income in his district was thirty nine thousand. Not only that, he got his wife a job with the Department of Construction and Design paying $150,000, even though his wife had zero background when it comes to design or engineering. This guy has been every single movement, every single cause, because he wants to stay relevant. He served three terms in the city council. He wanted to be a public advocate. He wanted And to by the way, he's city. now the transportation, uh, you know, sort of, of secretary course. advisor so for Eric Adams. Yeah, he didn't do this for free. Some special interest put, put him up to this, and this is just wrong. It's just 
dilutes the value of the citizenship, and not a single common sense Dominican American or American from any other background agrees with this. Yeah, you know, you bring up a great point, Carlos, because the people who worked hard to come to this country, and there's some incredible, as you talk about, Dominican Americans, you know, who came to this country, worked hard, became a citizen. And just like you talked about some of the people who had cancer when you were there working in government and in immigration, um, who just, it was the greatest day. And I think, Carlos, I've talked about my parents. My parents were both from Europe. And my father came from war-torn Poland, uh, obliterated, basically, had no country to go back to. At that point, it was a communist country. Um, Met my mother in England. They came over together, and they pulled into New York Harbor. And my father said he was crying. He was so happy when he saw the Statue of Liberty and saw, you know, and then when they became citizens, he said it was such a great privilege. Like, my father and my mother were both so honored to be American citizens. And that feeling, like you talked about with the people that you met, um, and I think it just takes away. There's something special about being a citizen and to be able to say now that, OK, we're just going to give it to whoever. It's like, you know, um, our, the last caller was basically saying, you know, hey, why don't you give them out at the airport when you come on? Hey, here's a piece of gum and here's an American citizenship or here's a chance to vote. It just devalues it. And I think it's a slap in the face to those who have worked hard to appreciate that. And the people who did it the right way, I think, are often the ones who are the most offended by it. Don't you think, Carlos? Of course. American citizenship is not a right. It's a privilege. You have to be a person of good moral character. And you also have to fulfill certain conditions in order to naturalize and become a citizen. And citizenship comes with privileges. Yeah, and I agree. Not just be given to anyone. I agree. I agree. And by the way, thank you for all your hard work, obviously, in immigration. That's great. Carlos, thank you. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Robert, your thoughts about all of this. It's outrageous. How you doing, Rita? Good. But you know what? I don't like this idea. I think there's something so unseemly about this, and I think it opens the door to all the things you always worry about at elections. You know, is there integrity well, in the process? Just, is there screening? I mean, this is crazy. It's insanity in the bubble, okay? This isn't going to leave the blue areas. You're not going to have this being a national thing. Forty states right off the top of my head would reject it, okay? It's not going to go anywhere. It will be – you know what the Democratic Party reminds me of? And I don't mean to be mean to this poor little kid. Remember when they had the tsunami and that kid was gathering shells on the cleared beach? Yes, that's that's the Democratic Party right now. They right. Just They're don't trying know to it. save. But but by but doing this, the, but but Robert, they stack the deck by doing this, too. I mean, to think that suddenly, as we were just hearing uh, from uh, Congresswoman Maliotakis, you know, 15 percent, it's 15 percent of the vote. If this goes through, you can basically skew almost any election. If suddenly, you know, 15 percent of the electorate feels ingratiated to you or appreciative of you and you know that that's the way it affects sometimes people when they go to the voting booth. One quick question. Um, are they going to create separate ballots for them? Because where I'm at, statewide and municipal elections are on the same ballot. Yeah, they're going to have to. That's a great point. They're going to have to. Um, and then that's, that's a whole other issue. Either. Right. We'll get through the madness, baby girl. We'll get through it. Yeah. You have a good night. Thank <laughs> you. I Thank you. I appreciate it, Robert. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Robert says we're going to get through the madness. Let's hope so. Right after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC.
right? Based on what's been happening with this new law in New York City, the whole world is watching this with shock that now, according to this law, 800,000 non-citizens will be able to vote in non uh, basically the municipal elections, you know, and that's mayor. Um, that's also like council. But those are really key elections. Think about if suddenly you ship in a whole bunch of people who all they have to do is stay for 30 days. They show some sort of residency. You don't think that they're going to try to fake that. And then they hop back on a plane on the 31st day after they vote. This, to me, is open for so much graft, so much fraud, and the Democratic City Council of New York City is pushing for it. And over the weekend, Eric Adams, the new mayor, gave it his blessing. But a number of Republicans are definitely fighting back, including our guest who we had on before, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Take a listen. This is another person who's party to the lawsuit, Staten Island Councilman Joe Borelli. The policy itself is backwards. These folks aren't non-citizens. They're foreign citizens. They're all citizens of a different country, and they're all entitled to vote elsewhere. Uh, If this law was enacted in this past mayoral race, a New Yorker could have voted for London Sadiq Khan and for Eric Adams in the same election year. Isn't that unbelievable that somebody could vote for that crazy mayor, Khan, in London? Remember, who was like, makes uh, Bill de Blasio look like Donald Trump. You know, that guy's like left of the left of the left, you know, and then could come here and vote for Eric Adams. And that actually is true based on the way that this is written. Let's go to George in Manhattan. George, you're listening on the radio to the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about what I think is outrageous, George. I got uh, very important uh, information, statistically speaking. Therefore, I need a minute, please. Okay, you got it, George. For you, George, for you, I'll give you over a minute. Go ahead. Right. First and foremost, this 800,000 is going to turn into a million by the time this law becomes uh, de facto. So that's number one. Number two, uh, 35% of uh, New York voters are Hispanic, and the vast majority of the 800,000, too, are Hispanic, as well as you have 13 million non-citizens in the United States uh, uh, who can come and reside here 30 days and vote. Hence, others uh, besides Hispanics, you know, candidates, would have no chance at all because according to my calculations, 60% votes would be going to Hispanic-named candidates. Also, Eric Adams. He is befuddled, confused. He just said being in the country for 30 days instead of you know uh, being in New York for 30 days in order to vote if you're a non-citizen. He doesn't know what on earth he's talking about. I'm more or less an expert. I've worked in law firms uh, uh, specializing in immigration laws, etc., and I know what I'm talking about. You know, George, you gave some, by the way, George, you gave some great points here, um, and I gave you the minute there. Let me ask you, um, you talked about the fact that, which is correct, that there's about 13 million non-citizens in the United States. That's an interesting point because they don't even have to come from overseas. They just all have to hang out in New York for 30 days. You know, to, to think about that's what I'm saying. Think about that. that. That Think about the impact, and especially when you look at some of these municipal elections in New York City. Um, even though New York is, is, is the biggest city, 
there's still not that much of a margin when somebody comes out to vote. You know, think about how much that would sway any candidate if they're suddenly they get behind a particular candidate. Hey, come on in. I mean, these are they have enormous voting power that would easily sway if they voted, you know, pretty consistently as a block to be able to impact elections. And I don't think they deserve a say that that's my feeling. What do you think, George? Okay, Lita, first and foremost about your parents, Denmark, uh, Poland, you know, they came here legally and it took him five years to become citizen. So the law is this. If you uh, come legally into the country, you have to wait totally five years to become citizen unless you serve in the military. Three years to get married, you wait three years. No, you're That's right. By, and by the way, my parents came so, in 56. Legally, my if parents you come came in legally. Yeah, yeah. And by, my parents came in 56. You're absolutely correct, George. And they became citizens in 61. So you are absolutely correct, George. Um, and by the way, I found the manifest when they came over, which was kind of neat on the Queen Mary. Uh, and next to my dad's name, it said stateless because Poland. There was no basically Poland at that point. You know, it was the communist Poland and certainly not his Poland and not free Poland. Um, Let's go to Elena in Teaneck, New Jersey. Go ahead, Elena, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. How are you? What do you think? This is outrageous, Elena. Outrageous. It's been done in a Soviet Soviet Union. Russia did that in Crimea. They did that in Luhansk. They did that in Donetsk. They marched in. They gave everybody Russian citizens uh, passports and said, now you vote the way we tell you. No, you're right. You're right. But we deserve better in America, Elena. Of course. You but know? what is to stop any country in the world from doing that? Well, there isn't anything in other countries, but we should have control over our own country but, and but at least obey the it. rules, don't you think? We're, we're, we're losing it. We have to guard our rules because our rules are the ones that make up our country. Absolutely. Thank goodness. And thank goodness we are a nation of rules. We just have to follow them and we have to have uh, people who will make sure that they get followed and not skirted around the system, which is what I think this is. Elena, thank you very much. Let's go to Carl in Staten Island. Carl, go ahead. Hi, Rita. I love your show. Thank you, um, Carl. Thank you. I always love I hearing wanted, from I you guys. I just to say that uh, our country has a long history of uh, interfering in other countries' elections. So I don't think we should be um, – I, I think you should take that into account. That's an interesting point. And by the way, Carl, you are correct. We have had a history of playing a role in other countries. We've also had a role in making monitoring other countries to make sure that their voting is fair, too. You know, we've also, you know, but but what is this payback? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that uh, these, uh, the undocumented workers, they uh, they work hard. I mean, uh, I, th- I believe they should have a say in, uh, as far as having a political voice. Uh, I, mean, I mean, there are a lot of uh, undocumented uh, folks that just uh, are doing jobs that a lot of Americans won't do. And and listen, so, and listen, there and there are, you know, folks like that. I agree. There's some tremendously hardworking folks. On the other hand, the minute you start saying you don't have to be a citizen, you open the door, I think, to a lot of illegal activity and a lot of graft. And I think it diminishes those who have worked hard to become a citizen. Maybe there's a way to expedite some of those folks from, you know, to become citizens, You know, maybe there's a simpler way to do that, but I don't think we should change the rules to not make them citizens, uh, you know, to allow citizens, non-citizens rather, to vote um, to skirt the process. I think it opens the door to a lot of illegal activity. How are you going to know this is a hardworking immigrant and this person's just flying in for voting? You're not going to know, Carl. It's it's dangerous. Well, the reality is that uh, 
our politicians are bought and paid for. Let's face it, though, by uh, special interests. Well, so, uh, and, and I think this just makes that tenfold, unfortunately. Good points, though, Carl. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to John in Staten Island. Go ahead, John, your thoughts about this. Hey, Rita. Point is, you had two million people cross the border, right? Now, you're telling me the city council thing is 800,000 people? 800,000, yes. Yeah, let's see the voting list. Let's see who these people are. I mean, I want to see the vote for the 800,000 people. But what stops Eric Adams saying right now that he wants to change half these hotels that are closed into shelters? Now, can we bring in another 200,000, 300,000 people illegally that go right to the hotels and become citizens to vote? Are you nuts? Oh, I know. I, I know. To me, this is so scary, John. I agree with you. I think this is outrageous. I think it's scary. And I think it's dangerous. And I think just like you said, we have these people flying in in the dead of night into Westchester. Can you imagine? This will be like, uh, if this doesn't turbocharge that and entice people to take advantage of the system, I don't know what does. When we come back, we're going to talk about Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, who says he doesn't understand why he's getting any pushback about a soft on crime policies. I do. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story, talking to the biggest names, covering the biggest stories. She's Rita Cosby. This is the Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet since Well, I predicted it, that business leaders and other New Yorkers would just immediately condemn the new Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. And already there are discussions to recall him over his very much soft on crime agenda. This is the crazy loony kazuni who is saying that, okay, if it's an armed robbery, as long as someone isn't seriously injured in the process, don't worry about prosecuting them. If somebody is resisting arrest, don't worry about it. Don't go after them. I mean, to me, at a time right now where crime is skyrocketing across the country, to have somebody who is so lenient on crime and so soft on the criminal. It seems like he's more sympathetic to the criminal than he is to the victim. It is just outrageous. And everybody around the country is piling on, including, again, New York City business leaders, because guess what? They just said, this is ridiculous. You are driving us out of New York City. This is what's happening in a lot of blue cities, if you will, across the country. They're looking at high taxes. They're looking at increased crime. They're looking at a lot of these progressive defund the police policies. And then you got a nut like this who is the prosecutor who's basically saying it's time to be softer on criminals and work with them and make sure they get counseling and get therapy. I'm sorry. They need a key to a prison cell and then throw away the key. That's what they need. And and this guy, of course, business owners are going, why should I stay in New York City? There is now going to be a meeting put together by the Partnership for New York City. That's the Big Apple's largest business advocacy organization run by Kathy Wild, 
and they're going to be setting up a meeting for January 21st because they are demanding that Alvin Bragg meet with them to hear what exactly he plans to do. They are just getting flooded with business owners calling them left and right and saying, this is just over the top. And of course, this comes as the shooting that took place over the weekend, just a heartbreaking story of this young woman who is 19 years old, Crystal Baron Neves, who even asked her mother to help her to try to switch her to day shifts. And she was shot at the East Harlem Burger King, and she felt unsafe. She was shot to death behind the counter, and all of it, of course, caught on videotape. You just heard our own John Katzmatidis putting up 10000 bucks of his own money for a reward. Bravo to John Katzmatidis, and I hope that somebody busts this creep. And he just took the life of this beautiful young girl who was scared to work, and sadly her worst fears came true. Uh, at an East Harlem Burger King. And crime is all over the country. It's in all these major cities around the country. And then you got a soft on crime DA. This is outrageous. Well, this is what the founder of Blue Lives Matter New York City, Joe Imperatrice, has to say about Alvin Bragg. This guy's a clown, and the number one priority of any district attorney is to be impartial in enforcing the law, not going on live TV and a national stage telling the criminals that we won't enforce them. How are you going out there and telling the public that we're not enforcing illegal guns, which the new mayor is saying we have to enforce it? It's going against everything the new mayor is saying. It's got to stop, Todd, and this is the reason why individuals need to get off their butts, go to the polls, and vote real common-sense individuals into office. Absolutely. And the former New York City Police Commissioner Bill Bratton had this to say on Cat's Roundtable about Bragg. He's well intended in the sense of trying to find a way to address some of the issues of the past. But uh, you don't address the issues of the past by effectively decriminalizing just about everything in New York City. And Alvin Bragg, over the weekend, he was at the National Action Committee meeting. You know, that's, of course, uh Al Sharpton and company, and he doubled down about it all. Take a listen to what he had to say. He knows he's coming under fire from basically almost everybody across America, anybody sane. And this is what he had to say. We don't we, we don't want broken windows. We don't we do not want disorder. We've been doing this for years and we've got an uptick in gun violence. We've got an increase in incarceration. We've got domestic violence on the rise. What we're doing right now is not working. So let's just clear out the prisons to make you happy, Alvin Bragg. And where is Eric Adams when he should be coming out and condemning this guy? We did hear from the current NYPD commissioner apparently sent a letter and some of it's come out questioning, of course, about the policy saying it does not make officers safer in any sense of the word. She's concerned about it. African-American, the new uh, Keishan Sewell, you know, the new one for Eric Adams. I'm happy to hear that she has come out and criticized it. But this is outrageous. And when Alvin Bragg was asked, basically, what do you think about all the criticism you're getting? He's like, I don't understand it. I I don't know why. Take a listen. We've all seen the story of the person who's uh, on their eighth arrest. And people say, well, how did this happen? How did that assault happen? Well, there were seven prior times with that person struggling with addiction or mental health. We didn't connect that person to services. This is going to make us safer. It's intuitive. It's common sense. I don't understand Uh, the pushback. Right. At a time where there are repeat offenders left and right across this country, we're going to start talking more about giving them therapy and mental health and no jail time. 
Let's see how that works out and makes New York or any city in this country safer. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, I want to make one point. You know, first of all, this Alvin Bragg, there's no question about it that anybody that follows the pulse of what goes on in New York knows that it's not a, a genuinely characteristic crime to hold up a fast food restaurant. It happens. It just happens outside of New York much more often. It rarely happens here. He has blood on his hands, and for this for this particular crime. And you know, a lot of these criminals that do this crime, they can't. They they have like very low levels of intelligence. Maybe they have like a first grade education. A lot of them, and they don't. They cannot process a contingent uh, statement to say armed robbery is okay. A, Except if so, as long as nobody's hurt. They just hear armed robberies okay, and they go to town and they hurt people because they don't hear. They don't. They can't process this. So what he's giving them, he's giving criminals messages that it's okay to hurt people. Okay, and Eric Adams is no good either because when this girl was shot, his first, the first thing he said was, "Guns are killing us in society." He did not address the perpetrator at all because Alvin Bragg doesn't want to put this perpetrator in jail. You know, it's an interesting thing that you bring up that about. It's always like you're right. It's like they condemn the guns, but not the thugs. You know, it's like like they use the, oh, we have to have gun control. I contend we need to have thug control. You know, we need to go after the bad guys and teach them a lesson. And and you know what's interesting, too, Larry, um, on the flip side of what you're saying, there are some who believe that in Los Angeles, you know, when they came out in Los Angeles and they said, OK, if you steal less than X amount, then suddenly thieves were like, OK, if I steal what it was at nine ninety seven or nine ninety nine, you know, less than a thousand bucks, I'm going to be OK. The smart thieves, sadly, will follow it just right out the line. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, right. The, and, and regardless, I think, you know, a terrible person is a terrible person. But you're right. It opens the door. But you feel that even his rhetoric is already inciting crazies like this loony kazuni at the Burger King. Uh, uh, his rhetoric, and not only that, but Eric Adams is, is, is in step with him, stride by stride, by saying of guns. They want to go after gun dealers. They don't want to go after criminals. Yeah, and that's that is a huge problem, uh, Larry. Thank you. Let's go to Bobby in Queens. Bobby, your thoughts about this? Yeah, I just like the way the Democrats keep moving the goalposts. Originally, they were going after all the law-abiding citizens and taking our guns away. Now the criminals and the illegal aliens and whoever else comes into this country can pick up a gun and walk around with it, and it's okay. They're going to get a misdemeanor charge. Yeah, and that means basically a slap on the wrist. And that means that when they escalate to, I mean, and I think, by the way, a, a gun charge is a serious charge. If you go into uh, a restaurant or you go into a bank and you are armed and you're about to rob it, that is a serious crime. But according yeah, yeah, to this loony kazuni, you're conspiring to do it. It's a conspiracy, isn't it? Yes. You do it with other people. Yeah. And if you're if you're ready there with a gun or any sort of a weapon, who's to say you're not going to use it at the heat of the moment? You know, I mean, I, it just, it's still terrifying and it's scary. And you need to throw the book at somebody who is doing that, because guess what happens too? Um, criminals will go again. They'll say, oh, gosh, I got away with that one. Let me try something else. 
I mean, if you know, that's bad enough. But then they'll try to up the ante and say, okay, well, I got away with this one. Now let me try to do it in a couple other places. Or maybe I'll bring something different to protect myself on the next one. I Boy, it was easy, that one. You know, I mean, it, it's that whole sort of like, if you don't punish bad behavior. Again, I kind of use the example of a child. It's like if a child like, you know, puts their hand on the oven and if they don't get burned, they're going to kind of keep putting their hand on the oven. You know, it's it's like this process and he's given them, you know, free reign. He has basically sent, you know, just a, you know, a red flag, go criminals as long as, you know, you don't do X and X. And even if you do that, he's still saying that those people are only going to spend like 20 years, you know, where many of them would have spent, you know, life in prison before in New York. That's that's a big difference because then they go, okay, you know, maybe I can skirt the system. Maybe I can get out early. Uh, I mean, he has just given a huge green light, don't you think, Bobby? Yeah, um, I, I think it's what's going to happen is sometimes these criminals show up with fake guns, toy guns, and they make them look like real guns. They paint them black. They put tape on them. They do all kinds of stuff. They're going to show up one day with a fake gun, and someone's going to pull out a real gun and blast them away. And I hate to say it, it's probably, I don't want to make it racist, but it's going to turn into a whole big racist thing. Trust me. Yeah, it's how could you shoot all, that person? Way. How could you right, shoot that person? He didn't he didn't shoot you first. What are you supposed to wait till you're like seriously injured and crawling across the floor and then you shoot him? I but but you're right. It opens the door to a lot of these things. Bobby, thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls everybody after the break. 1-800-848-9222 and you're listening to the Rita Cosby show talking about what I think is one of the most dangerous policies. Alvin Bragg, who is now saying, you know what, don't worry about it. You know what, certain crimes are off limits. We got to think about the poor criminals and how much trauma they've gone through in their lives. Boo hoo hoo. We'll talk about that after the break. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. Mama maybe doesn't dance, but Al Bragg is trying to dance around the words of how soft he's going to go on criminals. And everybody around the country is going, are you kidding me? At a time right now where crime is escalating in major cities across the country, you have one of the softest on-crime DAs now coming into New York City within days, basically saying, here are the crimes that are going to come off the list. Uh, many businesses in New York are now not happy with this. Business leaders are furious, really concerned what it means. Think about the rioting and the looting that was taking place, all the destructions to businesses that took place in the summer of 2020. We saw it everywhere. There was $2 billion worth, basically, of damage to businesses across the country. A lot of police officers injured, many people killed. That was the climate that New York City business people were trying to operate in when their stores were being looted. Remember the scenes of Macy's and Louis Vuitton and all the different stores all over New York City? And now New York City are hearing, wait a minute, now we got a DA who, if they bust somebody who does something like this, well, no problem, it's a misdemeanor, slap on the wrist, no jail time, don't worry about it. Who'd want to do business here? you got to be worried about it. And the security people are worried about also going after the rioters, too, because resisting arrest is basically no longer an offense. So if a cop comes up to the scene 
and tries to bust somebody and they resist arrest, the cop's going to be afraid to get pulled in by internal affairs. That Alvin Bragg's and his guys are going to call him in and go, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing here? This wasn't, this was resisting arrest. This was overreaching. This was this. Boy, is this a mess for New York City and for a lot of other cities around the country that are watching this and going, uh-oh, is this coming to their city as well? Well, gubernatorial candidate, current Congressman Lee Zeldin had this to say and said, basically, it is time for Kathy Hochul to step in and recall Alvin Bragg. We're here this morning because the governor of the state of New York needs to remove Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg from office. Over the last two years, New Yorkers have seen the consequences of cashless bail and other policies that undermine our rule of law. As of December, shootings, murders, and auto grand larceny nearly doubled, while murder is up 50% in New York City compared to 2019. Murder's up 50% since 2019. And you're going to have a soft on crime DA at this time? This is outrageous, and Eric Adams needs to step up, and Kathy Hochul needs to step up. Here's a little more of Lee Zeldin. It might be news to him, but DA doesn't stand for defense attorney. It stands for district attorney. If Alvin Bragg wants to keep people out of prison, he should go be a defense attorney. Yeah, he should be a defense attorney. He should be a public defender or, you know, defense attorney who represents convicts who are repeat offenders because he seems to have a lot of sympathy for those and not very much for the victims. Uh, Here's a little more of Lee Zeldin saying that D.A. Bragg is going to destroy New York. You have to make sure that the streets of New York City, the streets of this borough of Manhattan, belong to law-abiding citizens. They don't belong to criminals. If you wanted to ignore the law, he shouldn't have run for a position responsible for enforcing the law. Yeah, if you're not going to enforce the law, you are in the wrong place. Your job is to enforce what is the law in New York, not to create it, not to shape it to your radical left-leaning philosophy. And that's what Alvin Bragg is doing. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show here on 77 WABC. By the way, you can also listen to it on the 77 WABC app. You can download it in the App Store or Google Play Store. Make sure you check it out and you can listen to the show that way as well. Also on WABCRadio.com. Let's go to Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey, who's listening on WABCRadio.com. Go ahead, Andrew. I guess Dennis Prager said it best. Everything the left touches, they destroy. So he uses the example of the bananas. Well, we're not going to arrest people for stealing bananas. Well, it matters to the guy who came here as an immigrant and opened up a grocery store, you know, a little bodega. It matters to him when his produce gets stolen. So you can see that he never, you know, had a real job, that he's like, you know, Obama or Eric Holder, that they're like from college, elite types from college. You know, that's an interesting point, Andrew, because you're right. Um, A a crime of stealing someone's property 
does definitely help the bodega owners. I mean, look at the, and Andrew, thanks for the call, but you look at like the damage that was taking place in particular and all the businesses, all the looting, all the robbing. How's that not going to affect somebody's livelihood and their future? And that's okay. I mean, you know, you grow up in a society that if you take anything, it's inappropriate. And if you don't go after somebody for, say, they take something small, like even a banana, and I'm going to play that example because that was a good example, Andrew. Even if you don't go after them and you give them a free pass on that, well, again, what? The next thing may be a car. The next thing may be something else. You need to send that message. It's that broken windows theory that if you don't go after someone early on in the process, they develop into more hardened, more tougher criminals. Here's a little bit. This is what you were talking about, Andrew, because that was a good point. Here is Alvin Bragg, and he was on CNN talking about that. Well, what about stealing a banana from a shop? If you're not going to prosecute stealing a banana, why should I pay for a banana? Right. Well, look, I, I, I don't I don't want to personalize it as to you, but I'm going to assume that you don't have a significant, uh, uh, um, you know, a poverty issue, right? M- many of these cases are not driven by someone who just wants the banana to just flout the rules. Uh, they're driven by addiction. They're driven by mental health issues. They're driven by poverty. So what we're going to do is link people to the services they need so that we can put an end, uh, get that person what they need so we can get them out of the system so we can focus on things like guns and sexual assaults. Now, I may sound hard, guys. I don't really care what their mental health problems are. I do think that, listen, it's good to give them help. I do think that it's good to do a number of those things while they are behind bars. I don't think that suddenly, you know, you should say, oh, no problem. We're going to put you up in a hotel and take care of you and give you three square meals a day and give you a mental health counselor while other people are trying to make ends meet in New York. Somehow that doesn't seem fair. And if you commit a crime, you should not be back out on the streets. Take a listen. Here's a little more of Alvin Bragg siding with the criminal. If you're not going to prosecute fair evasion, why should I pay a subway fare? So, look, I I was elected to deliver uh, safety and and justice for all. I've seen every side of the criminal justice system. You know, what we're doing now is not working. Uh, You know, let me give you an example. I don't know if you're a driver, but if you've got an easy pass and you go through the through 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 the toll, they don't uh, uh, stop you and, and, and arrest you there. What they do is they send you uh, a summons, they send you a letter, they send you a ticket. Uh, that's what we need to do on fare evasion. We need to be directing our our prosecutorial resources to our uptick in gun violence. So let's not worry about anything that he considers a low level crime. And in fact, one of the things again was armed robbery, resisting arrest. That to me is outrageous, and I am glad to see that New York City businesses and others are voicing concern. Because if people say, hey, listen, there's no reason to live in New York City if this guy is not even going to have our back, if somebody breaks into our business, that maybe might have an influence on this guy. Although I doubt it. This guy seems like he is hardened, you know, left-wing radical, and nothing's going to move his policies. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Jim. Well, if you follow this DA, first off, we got to name him something that sticks. Bloody Alvin Bragg, something that's going to stick with him. But if you follow his logic, listen to this here. You have career criminals who devote a lifetime to crime. When they retire from their career, they deserve a pension. 
like everybody else. Well, are you I saying that that's what he's going to like push for next? Give them, uh, give them know, voting privileges. The logic, if, you you follow, know. if you follow his train of thought, this this is the logic. But I want to repeat something I said before on your show. These people we hear and we see here that are anti-police, they're anti-our police, but they love the police in Cuba and communist China. Alvin Bragg comes out of that Abyssinian church. That's the church that welcomed and honored Fidel Castro. So he's in that sort of radical left-wing belief that criminals here are victims of the capitalist system. So he's starting from a whole different direction, from a whole different area than, than we would. And, and, also, and also he's coming from this philosophy. He talks about what he went through, Jimmy. And in fact, Jimmy, let me play. This is, um, this is a, a comment that he made about knowing what happens to him about guns. Um, and I'll get your comment because he says, listen, I went through this. Take a listen, Jimmy, and then I'll get you to comment. Mm-hmm. I've had a semi-automatic weapon pointed at my head. I've been shot at. Uh, and just late last year, I had walked to a crime scene uh, with more than 20 shell casings on the ground with my two young children just to get home. So don't tell me about guns. I know about guns. So that's where he's coming from, that like, you know, that it's sort of stacked against African-Americans. It's sort of that Kamala Harris that... You know, police are racist sort of philosophy. And and that that puts police and New Yorkers at a tremendous disadvantage with that kind of rhetoric, Jimmy. That's true. And you realize what he just said. He could not be on a jury. So he could be not, not be on a jury because of his experiences and how he feels about it. But then he could be a, a prosecutor who's against prosecuting crimes. Yeah, that's interesting. You're right. He's too colored by his own experience and he clearly thinks that the reason somebody had a gun to his head, and, and I don't know all the details, but I know he's talked about his own experience. But, you know, I don't know. Was he doing something that maybe provoked it? You know, it makes it sound like, you know, like, like that police are going around just putting guns to people's head and that he's here to correct any injustices of the last 300 years. And, and I make the contention that now is the time in New York City where you need a get tough on crime prosecutor. And you need to send a message to the assistant DAs because now they're afraid to go after it. Not only is he saying, hey, this is what I believe. He's saying to the prosecutors in a memo, this is what I want you to follow. So if they don't follow it, he's going to say, hey, you're gone. You know, and the only way that's going to change is if he's recalled, Jimmy. If somebody actually gives him a wake up call and says, you will no longer be in office if you do this. And I don't know if I see Kathy Hochul doing this because she is trying to also appear appeal to different bases across the country. She wants every vote that she can get in New York. She wants every vote she can get in New York City right now. And she doesn't want to alienate anybody in New York City because she's up for a primary in June. I think this is a make or break time for Eric Adams. I mean, Eric Adams declared himself to be a hero. I never heard anybody else say that, do that, say that about themselves. This is a chance. If Eric Adams doesn't stand up now for the people versus this guy, this is going to be the beginning of the end of Eric Adams. I mean, this is a scary situation. I understand feeling sorry for people in trouble. I've been in courtrooms where I felt sorry for the people that were on trial until I heard what the crime was. Right, right. I understand you could have feelings for people that are in trouble. Everybody should get help and all that stuff. But a prosecutor has to prosecute crime. Like you said, the people, whether it's mental health or drug addiction problems, that gets handled afterward. That's like when the sentencing comes or, or when he goes put in jail, not at the point of, 
of, uh, of trial. I agree. They need to be dispassionate and removed from the situation and also look at the face and talk to some of the victims' families. You know, it seems like they have no regard for the victims and everything is sympathizing with the criminal. And you're right. This is, I think, a make-or-break moment for Eric Adams. It's a make-or-break moment, I think, also for Kathy Hochul, too, as well. And I think it's a make-or-break moment for New York, sadly, also as well. Jimmy, thank you. Great call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And we're going to do a beautiful Support Our Heroes segment after the break where we honor an incredible veteran that's close to my heart. Rita Cosby is on 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, Medal of Honor recipient and author, Major James Livingston was honored by several in Columbia County, Georgia. Now, he was awarded this nation's highest military decoration, and Major James Livingston came back to a place that he used to call home, all to help support a local veteran as he commemorates the launch of his new business. Livingston was awarded the Medal of Honor for his incredibly heroic actions during the Vietnam War, and he says he feels honored to come back to help support a fellow veteran. And on a personal note, I am not surprised to see General Livingston come back and help fellow veterans. He actually spoke at my father's funeral, and it was one of the greatest honors of my life to hear him there and to have him speak about my father. It was really beautiful, and he continues to give back and support veterans and is, I think, one of the great, great Americans out there. Anyway, I love showcasing him on tonight's Support Our Heroes. Well, I grew up very much in a family that was law and order, and you know what? If you do something, you pay the price. And that sure doesn't look like the case when you look at Alvin Bragg right now. And in fact, Ted Williams, who is a former police officer, also Fox News contributor, said that this is probably the most dangerous time to have a DA like Alvin Bragg's in a major city in America. It is just dumb and stupid. Crime is going up in New York. You've got a new mayor a guy who is supposedly going to be Eric Adams, progressive on crime. He brings in the first black female chief or commissioner of police there, Keychant Sewell. And this DA, Alvin Briggs, cut the legs out from under both of them. And here it is he's talking about reducing certain crime uh, and not prosecuting certain crime. He is a prosecutor. He's not a legislator. Yeah, he seems to misconstrue what his role is and putting his radical left-wing policy into place. And I just think about even this weekend, listen, there was this teen cashier who she was trying to get taken off the overnight shifts at an East Harlem Burger King because she felt unsafe and she was shot to death behind the counter during a video uh, on a holdup Early Sunday, how tragic and how sad. And Ted Williams cited that when he talked about Alvin Bragg. This guy, Alvin Bragg, want to lessen the penalty for murder where a person only serves 20 years or less. This is ridiculous. uh, We're giving the cities over to the criminals. 
We don't give a damn about law and Biden citizens. You got a young child wanting to work at a Burger King just to earn some money. And you got a lowlife that comes in, takes $100 from her, turns around according to witnesses, and then just shoot the woman in the chest and kills her. Yeah, it is outrageous. And the founder of Blue Lives Matter New York City, Joe Imperatrice, said that this could happen in a lot of other cities across the country if you get loony kazoonies like Alvin Bragg. Todd, it can get so much worse. What we have to understand is this individual, Bragg, went on the campaign trail saying that he was going to do this. And individuals in Manhattan still went out and voted for him. We have to stop. We're causing our own demise. Go out there. Use your common sense and get people. Forget the D and the R in front of the name. Get a person in there that loves that city that's going to make a change and is going to make your tomorrow better than today. Yeah, and that's true because he did. He talked about it even in the like in the debate. Oh, this is what I'm going to do. And either people forgot or they thought, oh, that's okay. And now they're going, uh-oh. You know, now business owners are going, uh-oh. Why weren't they out there before saying, don't elect this guy? Why weren't they out there saying, this is the wrong guy in the wrong time? And I think he's the wrong guy at any time, but he's definitely the wrong guy right now in crime-ridden New York City. You don't need people like this guy in Gascon and Los Angeles and the guy in Philly and the guy in San Francisco. See a trend? All cities that have escalating crime and emboldened criminals. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Phil, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts, my friend. Yeah, good evening, Rita. Um, here's here's the deal. Uh, I think what one mistake that this guy Bragg is making is he, he just doesn't care. He wants to go light on everybody. Well, fine. I, I, just a quick example. It was a case involving a guy, young young kid, who was, had money in the family. They were rich people. This guy would go around and beat up disabled and handicapped people for money, okay? He didn't use any guns or knives. He just used his hands. Well, he got arrested. He got charged with a felony, got put in front of the judge, and the judge asked him why he did it. The kid couldn't give a straight answer three or four times. So the judge said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go easy on you. It's your first time. I'm going to give you 30 days in Rikers, but but here's a proviso. I'm going to give you five years probation if— if you do anything like this again or commit a crime that's colorful as a felony, you will serve the full five years. So in other words, he, in a way, went light on the guy, but he gave him the proviso, which is sort of Damocles over his head. What I think Bragg should do is turn around and say, okay, I'll try to go easy on you the first time you come into the system, but, but you're going to have probation hanging over your shoulder. And if you do it again— you will pay big time. That's the only solution. He, Bragg is just trying to debilitate the cops. He's making them like apprehensive of making arrests, uh, vice versa. And the point is, what what the people of New York are afraid of, they uh, some people I've spoken to have seen this as a black versus white issue, and that's bad. That's really bad for our city. You it know? is. It is. And and by the way, I don't. I see it as a good people versus thug. You know, system. You know, I see a bad person. You know, if they're bad, it doesn't matter what color they are. They're bad. Um, but I hear what you're saying is actually an interesting point because the problem that's happening, though, Phil, according to Alvin Bragg, who's you know constructing his own system of prosecution right now, he's basically not saying that he's going to put probation. He's just saying that he's going to for these kind of crimes. Sorry, 
you know, we're basically going to slap you on the wrist, give you no time, give you some mental help, try to help you so you don't do it again without the incentive, as you're saying, of a probation. Because at least if there's something there, I still say throw the book at them. Um, I'm a big believer in tough love with these kind of people because I think they need a wake-up call because I think some will still take advantage of your approach. But I still think your approach is 20 times better, Phil, than what Alvin Bragg is proposing. He's not even proposing hanging on that probation, uh, dangling it in front of them. But I think that's a brilliant, brilliant thought of yours. Phil, thank you very much. Let's go to Carol in New Jersey. Carol, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead. Hi there, Rita. Um, You know, I think that both commissioners – Sewell and the governor should confront Bragg and tell him that he's got to change. I, I mean, I don't know how he could change his ideas because I don't think he's going to. But they're the, unfortunately, uh, Mayor Adams can't do anything because he's not in a position. But the governor is. But they're the friends. Commission. They're friends. He could say, hey, yeah. wait a minute. He could say, you know what? This is not smart. I really want this city to turn around. I wrote on a law and order, you know, right. uh, issue. The problem is Alvin Bragg was was actually quite transparent. We even did the debate here on WABC. And during oh, the debate, he was talking. Mm-hmm. Remember, Carol, I remember going, uh-oh, if this guy gets elected. And sure enough, there we are on election night and he gets elected. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, but everybody sort of forgot about it because they were so overshadowed by the mayor. And now the reality is sinking in. But the other thing, too, Carol, is business owners are stepping up um, because the partnership for New York City is getting flooded with calls. And they are demanding a meeting now because all these business owners are going, why do business in New York? Right, right. You know, maybe some people who donated to Alvin Bragg are saying, we're not going to donate to you again. Maybe there's some sort of wake-up call. You know, maybe the ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching could have some sort yeah, of impact on them. that's a good idea, actually. You know? But unfortunately, Adams cannot kick him out of the position, unfortunately. No, you're right. It's going to take somebody like, like Kathy Hochul, and I do not see her doing that right now with, a, you know, she's got her own primary lumen here. Uh, let's go to Sarah in Florida. Sarah, you're real quick. You're listening on WABCradio.com. Hi, good night, Rita. Uh, I'm just calling to say the Manhattan DA, I think this guy needs a psychiatric evaluation. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sarah, I totally okay. agree. I agree. Talk about men- Given the criminal's mental health, he needs the mental attention. Yeah, this I agree. Guy is deranged. Isn't that unbelievable? Am, it, it, yeah, at a I time mean, where crime is rising in major cities across America, it's like you almost can't even make it up that you got a guy like who sits at home and says we have to have sympathy for the criminals, and he thinks that's no, going to change the process, Sarah. Right. He needs a psychiatric evaluation. I'm a New Yorker. I'm in Florida at the moment. And to be honest with you, I'm scared to return to New York. I have a business in New York, and I'm scared to return. Yeah, and that's it's sad. Terrible. And how sad is that? Because there's a lot of people who feel the way you do, Sarah, that have left New York, and now they're going, well, why do we want to come back if you got a kook like this I who's know, not going to protect us? I sincerely, look, I love New York. I've lived there 29 years in New York. I love it. I was very successful there, and it is very, very sad to see I mean, business owners work and build their business up from the ground and to be living in fear, somebody coming and stick you up with a gun and there's no repercussions. Yes. It is 
unbelievable. This and, man and right, has it's, to be recalled. It's insane. He must get out of that office. By the way, how many how many New Yorkers him. are you running into down there in Florida, Sarah? How, oh, how many a people? A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of New Yorkers are in Florida. You see their plates on their cars. That's how you know they're here. Yep, you're right. You're right. Well, listen, I hope New York gets safer again, so you'll come back because you sound terrific, Sarah. Thank you. Oh, man, I'm hoping and praying that we have a turnaround. Thank you, and I'm glad you're listening to the show, Sarah. You're wonderful. Thank you. Let's go to Tommy in Brooklyn real quick. Tommy, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Rita. um, Listen, I'm concerned. It's more like, uh, although we we don't have a recall in New York, we have an impeachment process. And New Yorkers need to see that... uh, we're all in this together, and we as New Yorkers have to get out and vote in the midterms for a governor who I hope will um, – that everybody can see through the rhetoric and, and vote for a governor who will be level-headed, law-abiding. I agree. Now, and you know what? I hope that this issue becomes front row and center and because that is the next big race, of course. And already Lee Zeldin, who's one of them, you know, the current congressman, Tommy, he's already said, you know, the governor needs to step in. And in other words, if I were governor, I would step in is what he's saying. And you, you, there has been a trend in a number of places. Look, we saw it in Nassau County. Um, you saw it in New Jersey, even though Cittarelli didn't win. He came so close to beating Murphy. We saw it in Virginia. You know, you know, saw Virginia, you know, Terry McAuliffe got booted out, who is much more sort of soft on crime and into the whole critical race theory and all that stuff. So there are places where people are going enough, you know, that are speaking out and realizing that this is just so dangerous. Um, And I just think it's it is so scary where we're headed. Um, Tommy, thanks so much. Let's go to Paul in Yonkers. Paul, your thoughts about all this. You're listening on the WABC app. And again, everybody, you can download the 77 WABC app. You can get it at the Apple Store or Google Play. And make sure that, because you can hear us on there too as well. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I'm retired from NYPD and Drew from White Plains by his own admission is an ex-con. So he's part of the problem with the... uh, Black on black violence in the black. But community. but listen, listen, Paul. And, that Paul, this is not about black on black or any of this. What it is is about bad people versus good people, and good people saying enough. We're not going to be terrorized anymore. We're not going to be hurt anymore, um, and we're not going to allow this soft on crime approach because that ain't working. That's what Alvin Bragg thinks is some epiphany. That's not. What's going to solve this? Let's go to Karen in Rockland. Karen, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good. But, I, you know, I am really concerned about this crazy Alvin Bragg who doesn't understand. No, he Karen, he, he doesn't he understand why he's getting pushback. <laughs> he needs mental tests. I agree with that woman from Florida. Yeah, and I agree with her, too. Council. Yeah. I mean, you know, to base you know your whole policy on things that happened to you when you were you know, a child or something. I mean, everybody could do that. But, you know, he's got to think of the whole city, not just himself. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's very selfish. Going on here. Like you said, there's, my, there is a political funny. agenda, Karen, don't you think? Oh, yeah, they're all, you know, checking out their own bases and, you know, caring about the vote. That's what this governor's doing. She doesn't care about anything. You know, just getting votes in the primary. And I got news for you. She doesn't have my vote. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, And Karen, thank you very much for the call. I always love hearing from you. But I think, you know, what's interesting is that if you look at Kathy Hochul, who came, who's from upstate, you know, she's going to need 
the New York City vote. She's already kind of said that, you know, she realizes she needs that in the primary. So it's going to be interesting because does she perceive New York as wanting to be in a line with Alvin Bragg or is her vision of New York and the voters that she wants to get tough on crime and going, what the heck are you talking about when it comes to Alvin Bragg? Um, I sadly think she's going to probably go for the first group. I think she's going to think that she's not going to want to condemn um, Alvin Bragg and and his supporters because I think she's going to want to be more inclusive. I think it opens the door to somebody like Elise Zeldin and others. I actually think Alvin Bragg helps Republicans and the gubernatorial because I don't think she's going to really take on Alvin Bragg. And I think Lee Zeldin and many others, I think anybody who has a a right frame of mind is going to take on Alvin Bragg because it's just ludicrous. That's the bottom line. It is ludicrous. And I'm glad that business owners and others are stepping up. And everybody, after the break, we're going to have Dominic Carter here to give us a preview of his awesome show. And then after Dominic Carter is the other side of midnight. And tonight, Frank Morano's got a whole bunch of great guests. He's got Dick Cavett on, by the way, um, who we had on last week. Who, and Dick is so great. He's going to be an awesome interview. I can't wait to hear him and Frank. Um, he's going to be talking about the state of media today. I had him talking about Sidney Poitier. So it's going to be interesting to hear his thoughts on the state of media today. And also Michael Averco, who is going to be talking about tensions between Russia and Ukraine, Ukraine as things are really heating up there, too, as well. So a great show on the other side of midnight and up next the lovable dominic carter right after the break rita cosby is on 77 wabc We both love Madonna. We both like to, quote, express ourselves. And so that's why this was the perfect song for you, Dominic Carter. What do you got on deck, my friend, coming up in just a few minutes? Hello, Rita. How are you? How was your weekend? Are you doing well? Are you smiling right now? I know you are. Are you the Energizer Bunny? I know that you are. Why, why would I change a good formula? When you got a good thing, you <laughs> stick with it, my friend. You know that, Dominic Carter, all too well. And and boy, hey, by the way, so, business, business owners are not too happy in New York City. Right, right. right. That's exactly, exactly what I was just about to say. We will continue that discussion about the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and where things stand. And a question that I'm going to ask our listeners, because I'm still trying to formulate where I'm coming from. Did AOC get a pass down in Florida? She came back, has COVID, I wish her well. But does she get a pass on not wearing a mask while here in New York State, all of us are going crazy to keep up with the mandates and, and this and that and, and A and B and C and D as it relates to wearing a mask. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, Dominic? And you're right, in some circles she has been getting a pass, but even some of the squad, have you seen this, are upset with her, Dominic, because she was going down in Florida where they were like, why were you in Florida? Why were you in you know, Ron DeSantis's state? Uh, mm-hmm. They're giving her a hard time. And now, as you mentioned, she has COVID after that visit. 
Do as I say, not as I do. You mean the old hypocrite line, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. It's like, it's like, don't do this, don't do that. And then Ron DeSantis said he would basically be a, a billionaire for all the hypocrites from right. the Democratic side. And who is the other one recently? You know, uh, Eric Swalwell. Remember the right. the, the, the one pick who likes one, the Chinese pick spy? One, and right, right. So, so Rita, I, I know we have under a minute left. How do you see this uh, brag situation playing out here? Because I, I don't know what the answer is. I think he's going to backtrack, but I don't know what the exact answer is. I think he may slightly, but I don't think that much. And I think it's going to be a mess for New York City. I think it's also going to be a mess for Governor Kathy Hochul. I think it's going to be a mess for Eric Adams because people are fed up. And I think it opens the door to people being tough on crime um, and maybe rising politically. What do you think? Real quick, Dom. Agreed. And remember, the primary is not nine months away. It's in June. So it couldn't come at a worse time for Governor Hochul. Absolutely. Right around the corner. And Dominic Carter coming up right after the break. Love you, Dom. Everybody, I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.